0: Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
1: You have 47 new voicemails.
0: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order.
2: Additional terms apply.
1: And a pleasant good evening to everyone out there and welcome to the Saints Hour. Training Camp Edition here on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Christian's got to get up early and work the sports scene in the morning here at the station. So it's myself and the cannon. How you doing, Bobby?
0: Good, good. Uh, well, a little news today, huh? Oh, uh,
1: man, it was, uh, were you, I mean, when it first happened, I was surprised. Well, but then I kind of wasn't because we knew he'd been kind of battling the contract.
0: Yeah, well, he was like, uh, it's not a hold out, a hold in when he's at practice and he's there, but he's not really practicing And the only thing is, when he did practice, uh, boy, Chauncey Gardner was unbelievable in practice. He had two pick-sixes in training camp. And uh, he's on all our defensive backs. I want to say he had a half a dozen where a honey badger finally got one uh, Tyron Matthew at the end of camp. So it wasn't like, uh, boy, he needs to be out there. uh, uh, I don't know if the stars were aligned for him as far as making plays when he was out there. But uh, we kind of – the hint was around that – him and management that being Mickey Loomis and the Saints. Uh, whenever you four million dollars apart and extension, and uh, that's a lot of money. So uh, I even I brought up, shoot, if I think about it, it might have been two and a half, three weeks ago. I was like, I, I don't know if, if that's one reason why I think they drafted Alante Taylor, that they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to sign Chauncey Gardner Johnson in the future. So I was even like, because uh, we looking at the linebacker position, I said, well, he's not happy with the Bears. Let's send him to Chicago and get Roquan Smith. You know, the only thing I have a problem with, because I guess I just think in the now and want us to contribute now, you know, but I'm not a general manager like Mickey. Mickey's also thinking in the future, not just now. But I, I just think the one thing a lot of Saints fans will take this approach uh, that Did we get well compensated as far as uh, the type of production maybe that Chauncey Garner is going to have in an Eagles uniform. Because if he has the same type of production in an Eagles uniform like the Saints, well, you'd have to say on paper that's a, a win. But what are the Eagles going to be asking him to do? Because he's not one a guy, a, a true like safety, to me, that would be uh, like a deep middle guy. I think he'd take too many chances if he'd get burnt, like a, a Marcus Williams or even like a Marcus May. But if they ask him... Um, to be on the slot and play in the box. Um, but they're not. They're going to make him they going them play safety. Yeah, yeah. Now that to me, uh, they might say, "Well, that's not to his strength," and we might have to uh, change things because you have to remember uh, the Eagles have had success with past uh, Saints players, and and particularly in the secondary. Malcolm Jenkins goes there, and he went to wins Super Bowl. The ring. Uh, Patrick Robinson. Patrick Robinson went there. Uh, really, that. Uh, was a bolt to his uh, a jolt I should say to his career, when all of a sudden he became the top nickel uh, uh, defender, and then he came back to the Saints. So uh, the only thing we're gonna play him January the first, and the worst nightmare would be, and and this has happened in the past, where players have led this left the Saints and have had success against the Saints. You remember when Scott Fujita when yeah. he came back with Cleveland. I do not want to because he would try and beat uh, Jameis Winston or any quarterback and not, not have no uh, pick six come uh, January the 1st because I, I think the Saints and the Eagles are very similar where they're at and potential being in the postseason. So so that um, that game on, on New Year's Day could have playoff ramifications who comes out on top. And, you know, C.D. Deuce, you know he's not backing down. Uh, he's going to be talking smack and uh, – uh, now, uh, if he's talking smack to Michael Thomas or whatever, just let your play do the talking and don't uh, get back with him and, and you want to uh, swing at him on the field because then you end up getting the penalty.
1: I I mean, I totally get this from the team standpoint because we saw this coming and we, and it's all about what we're talking about. Safety, slot, corner, corner. Well, C.D. Deuce doesn't want to hear slot, corner. He wants corner money or safety money. But the fact of the matter is slot, corner. Is, is, it probably hurt him in negotiations.
0: Well, he's not a, a pure corner. He's not like, see, Bradley Roby has the flexibility to play in the slot or on outside. Like P.J. Williams has, uh, to me, more flexibility uh, than, than you might say. What? P.J. Williams? More flexibility than uh, Chauncey Garner that he could play deep middle or on the slot. Or you could put him, uh, if you're in a bind, uh, someone had Andrew during a game at cornerback because he's done that. So I, I look at uh, Chauncey Gardner; uh, he would be more uh, the Tyron Matthew type player, where you're on the slot or you're in the box. And I, I think that's one reason why they drafted Alante Taylor, because I think Mickey and you know, I looked at it. I don't know if we'll be able to sign uh, a long-term contract with Chauncey Gardner Johnson. And I'll tell you, uh, Hoss, it's going to be evaluated this way. We're going to have to let this play out. We're not gonna have the answers tonight. We won't have it even at the beginning of the year. It's gonna be after. Now we gotta expect as a rookie Alante Taylor to really uh, show out, show out, and uh, show up and show out uh, because we're gonna look at the end of the year. Okay, how did Elante Taylor contribute compared to what uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson did in the Eagles uniform? It's just people are just gonna do it, whether it's fair or not. You might say, "Oh, we gotta give Alante Taylor time." But no, they go look at that immediately. Considering we didn't get any compensation for him, that being Chauncey Garner, all the compensation we got is for the future. Right. It wasn't like we got a player for a player, or like we got a backup offensive tackle for the Eagles that I think can help us right away. That that's what the fans kind of look at. Okay, what can help us now, not necessarily 23, 24 down the road.
1: The thing that I don't say concerns me, but I've, if we've watched him grow. I feel like we haven't seen even close to the best of what Chauncey Gardner-Johnson has. We've seen him really mature from you know, 2019 when he was a rookie, and he was just kind of just all over the place, right? And then 2020 and then 21 was his best year. had three picks last year, right. 46 tackles, seven passes defense. And to me, one of the keys is that in 2020 – from a defensive standpoint, he is on the field 88% of the time. And in 2021, he was on the defensive field 82% of the time. And also, special teams. He's out there. Well, no, but he's they play, a starter. They, but, they play They yeah. play a lot of two linebacker and he's, five DBs. Easy, right. Yeah, he, and when they go six, they put PJ there,
0: you know? Yeah, no, that's why people don't realize well, it, yes, he's a starter. He's playing 80% of the time, like right. you said, because if you're outstanding against the run, uh, don't you think in pass coverage a DB in theory should be better than a linebacker? So you might, That's why you have four down linemen, two linebackers, and five DBs because you're still able to stop the run and make it second and nine. Now, if you're getting gash, maybe you got to bring a bigger body in there. But uh, Chauncey Garner, what he was able to do uh, was just unbelievable. Now, the, unbelievable. now, the one thing that I like and I think the fans like, and if you love football that you like in general – is you can't coach swagger. You cannot coach what C.D. Deuce brought to the table. Now, you might say um, it's a little gangster uh, or or something. Listen, C.D. Deuce, uh, like if your daughter brought C.D. Deuce, home, you might be concerned. and Now, somebody might be offended by that, but I'm just telling you. He was kind of out there, and football was his love. Now, if you look at C.D. Deuce, and you know what's going to end up happening, Hoss? What? It's like when he's on your team, you love him. Oh, heck yeah. And then when he's on the other heck team, yeah. you hate him. You can't stand him because you know he's going to give you the business, and you can't coach that. That's he right. Has you that's can't why. coach that.
1: that. That much I will agree with. All right, the Saints Hour Special Training Camp Edition. Mike Hoss along with Bobby Bear, on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Hour. Mike Hoss along with Bobby bear not surprisingly, spent the first block talking about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and the impact because it was just kind of a it was the it was an early kind of the day surprise and so as we as we look now because and Deuce and I talked about this after the game on Friday that we we get so locked into the 53 like today yeah yeah but don't right because right but they start looking at that practice squad 16 players tomorrow at noon and you have six guys that are on that are available that do not have to clear waivers, right? Right. Like Bostick and Taco Charlton and Eric Wilson, guys with some experience who, I mean, they're going to be a part of this football team one way or the other. They just, they played too well in the preseason, right? I mean, I'm talking about Bostick and Taco, Eric Wilson, that kind of, those kind of Yeah,
0: I think Taco would be uh, how healthy we are at uh, defensive end going into the season. Uh, but I think as the same case with Pete Warner uh, or Eric Winston, Winston and Bostick. Um, I don't
1: know how you keep Bostick out.
0: Th- yeah, that... That, that um, guy
1: showed so much speed.
0: Right, and, and, and it's not his first rodeo, right. uh, so to speak. Got all that experience. Uh, now, in theory, you'd want, um, like, Zach Bond to work out. Uh, but to me, I would not... Now, because the Saints drafted him and how they moved up and got Zach Bond and all that. They'd want him to work out, but give me a veteran... That understands uh, and what it takes week in and week out. Uh, I think I think Caden Ellis is even a better ver, uh, better opportunity uh, player uh, than Zach Bond. So you have to look at it. That's why don't call home and tell your mom uh, I made the team. I made the team because that's in like pencil. Uh, they can erase that, and also it could change, like 24 hours, 48 hours. Sure. It, it could be game week when we're going to go to Atlanta because everybody's cutting players. And it's the same how we got, um, like, I want to say, uh, Sean is to bring this up, Mark Seminole and, like, uh, Scott Fujita. We can have players that show up, let's say, even this time, okay, Tuesday of next week, okay, then we're playing Atlanta. Now, think about this. Tuesday of next week, now that's a week from now, and was nowhere near our OTA's training camp, uh, or, or cam N- none of that, preseason, right. just showed up, and then all of a sudden we like his ability better than maybe what we have in the building. So th- that's why uh, when you say 53, th- that's a flexible thing, and then also what you're putting on the practice squad.
1: So uh, of the guys who are out there who were cut or waived, I should say, and they have to clear waivers. Now, I'm not talking about the guys that don't have to clear waivers. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm talking about... Let's talk about Chase Hansen, Lucas. Yeah, Kroll, Chase has, you're right. Uh Dejan Dixon, Kirk Merritt, Rasheed Shahid, guys like that. Is there is there one of those guys that, you know, that you're a little worried they got to make it through? Because I mean, uh, well, uh, Merritt's uh, a perfect example. Yeah, see, yeah. yeah got, Kirk Merritt. The guys had three, he had two preseason touchdowns last year with Miami, and another this year. And it's not yeah. like he had, can't.
0: Do it? No, he, he'll get a chance. Uh, uh, the Saints are putting him back on the practice squad.
1: That's my, my question. Or, is do you think is there anybody on that list that you're worried won't clear waivers?
0: Well, I would say, uh, well, how we got Kirk Merritt, uh, the Dolphins, like right. Dolphins to the Saints, and uh, uh, I think I think his teams could view him very similar because uh, you look how you try to attack defenses this day and age, very similar to Ty Montgomery. Uh, Look, time Ty Montgomery, how, how we brought him here. And he was number 88. And Kirk Merritt's 85, and it's like a running back. But then you, he's that receiver, running back, running back receiver, and you the different routes, the different things you can do with him. But I think also Kirk Merritt as a returner, and uh, even I want to say off the top of my head, uh, even made a tackle on special teams. Yeah. So I, I think the other NFL teams are aware of that. I think we'd have a better chance uh, of putting Dixon – on the practice squad, with nobody claiming, than Kirk Merritt. Now, uh, who do they put? How do they make up their roster? Because you run the scout team and you practice the other team's offense. Can't have all they wide have the receivers yeah, yeah, on yeah, your practice yeah. squad. So, yeah, you have to look <laughs> how that's going to unfold. But, uh, uh, but I would say Kirk Merritt uh, would gather more interest from other NFL teams than even like Dixon.
1: What about Abram Smith? I mean, these are guys who weren't cut today, but they're still in the same situation, yeah, uh, can the, come back.
0: Right, right. I, I can see Abram Smith, uh, that the Saints would definitely uh, want to not give up on him considering that he was the number one college free agent that we paid the most money that wasn't drafted. I want to say off the top of my head, like 230000 Well, they were almost expecting high expectations for him. You know, and, and he's still learning their running back position. He was a linebacker at Baylor. With Coach Dave Aranda, they didn't move him to running back to his senior year, and then he breaks the the Baylor Bear record, uh, over sixteen hundred yards rushing. So yeah, I, I could see that Aaron Smith uh, that he can go by the by the wayside with other teams, and we put him on our, our practice squad.
1: Would you be surprised if the Saints went out and signed a quarterback to the practice squad, and maybe even kept Ian Book or not? I don't know. well, I'm fifty 50-50, Yeah,
0: yeah. The, the, I am about Ian Book is that I've seen enough. Uh, uh, now, the way I look at Ian Book, if you put him on the practice squad, fine. He's familiar with our team and all that. But if they see another quarterback that they maybe they think they can develop that's better than Ian Book, yeah, you put him on the practice squad. Right. So, yeah, I, I don't think that's necessarily a slam dunk. They said, oh, since we drafted him, let's put Ian Book on the practice squad. Uh, no. Uh, we, we got our, our three-quarterback room. We all know Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton. And then Taysom Hill. Right. Uh, We don't need four quarterbacks. Those those roster spots are too valuable. So I I don't know. To me, flip a coin. I think it's 50-50 whether Ian Book would be on the practice squad or not.
1: Got to step aside, take a break here on the Saints Hour, a training camp edition on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Welcome back to the Saints Hour. Mike Austin, Bobby Bear. Christian is off this evening. He'll be in tomorrow morning doing sports. As we hit this week, which really is the big game, is LSU and Florida State Sunday at Caesars Superdome. So looking forward to that. And we haven't had it. We, we talked pre-chargers. And it's amazing how it worked out because if we had have talked pre-chargers and rode out, here is what I want Jameis Winston to do, and here is what I want Andy Dalton to do. And it would have been exactly what they did on on Friday. I mean, it was just it was like you drew it up, right? Five for five, well, four it, for four. It, it was and to perfection. me about Jameis, the thing about Jameis was it wasn't a little dump-off passes. You know, these were decent passes to a guy 15, 18 yards, sitting down in the zone, across right. the middle. It wasn't a little just taking the safe
0: stuff. He even he, got hit. He Took a hit. He, really he, took he two stepped hits. Up and he got high load. He got. Right. He got. They, they gave him the business. That wasn't no uh, just like ho- hit the quarterback and hold him up. Right. No. Um, to me, that was good to see. <clears throat> now, um, now, when you look at, never uh, talk. I, I had the drinks. On the okay. So let
1: me ask you. There was a question that said about practice squad selections. Is there a cutoff date? They mm-hmm. begin tomorrow at noon, and I think you. I think it's like. 24 hours because everybody kind of fills them fast, uh, and so you can keep 16 yeah. of those guys, and so it's really a 69 man roster, if if you will. But it begins tomorrow at noon Central Time, and believe me, they're they're already talking to them. They've got that that list is already filled out. It's just a matter of is that guy getting talked to by right. other teams?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it, it's fluid. Uh, you always want to be on the active roster, obviously, obviously because of the pay. Uh, versus practice squad. Uh, But also, when you talked about the play of Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton, I wanted to bring this up. I don't know if I've ever witnessed this. All the years, I know they're having – it's going back to like early 80s. Like when I played or when I talked about different quarterbacks uh, throughout the NFL, uh, I talked about, you know, perfection. Do you know the Saints starting and backup quarterback were perfect in the preseason? So now it's a limited sample size, but Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton combined for 14 for 14, 183 yards and a touchdown. So we know Andy Dalton, the Texans, uh, Dalton completed all five of his passes uh, Friday night for 73 yards. Then he was five for five and a touchdown pass in the opener against the Texans. So then you throw in Jameis. So they were 14 of 14, the ball that hit the ground. That was very like Drew Brees, Tom Brady-like. You know, when watching right. practice. But they did this even though it was a preseason game. So so um, I think we're so optimistic where we're at the quarterback position. Now, here, our third quarterback, think about this right now, was competing for the starting quarterback job. It wasn't three or four years ago. It was last season with Jameis Winston. And now he's our third option, and he's going to contribute in other areas. So, you know, the one thing, oh, what are we going to do post-Drew Brees? Oh, well, Drew Brees not here. I think right now, like the quarterback position is the least of our worries. Uh, you know what I'm worried about? Can the offensive line get it done? Because I think the way, uh, uh, the way Alvin Kamara, the way Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram might be the second oldest running back in the NFL right now. He's not running like that. And then Alvin Kamara looks as, as good as ever. Then you look at our weapons on the outside. I just think if we get it done up front, I think we have the skilled people, I don't know how we cannot have success.
1: Was there anybody and it's and again we're talking about the 53 man roster which is a very fluid thing. It could be look, could look totally different as we prepare for Atlanta next week, but I was thinking about guys like a Justin Evans um, Lewis Kidd, the offensive lineman, and, and right, Evans, and, 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 who and, and, literally played their way right, right. onto this team, and whether they're part of the fifty-three next week, but guys like that—well,
0: like Lewis Kidd, i don't know. Uh, to me, that you know, the coaches like his upside. Uh, here's a guy from Montana State, uh, uh, very similar to Trevor Penning, like Northern Iowa. You know, I still call it one double uh, because you look at Montana State, even though it's like Montana, the whole state. Or like Northern Iowa. It was like, like this is like Southeastern, Northwestern, where I went to school, or McNeese, and Nickel State. It's all the same size schools as far as the competition. But, uh, but a lot of upside with Lewis kid. That'd be another one that I thought that they'd want to develop him, at least on the practice squad, right? if, if something would come about uh, with him. Now, who's the other one, Hoss, you had said? Or,
1: uh, Justin Evans.
0: Oh, Justin Evans. I think Justin Evans, again, He's like uh, the Eric Wilson, Bostic of the secondary. And uh, w- when you think about this, h- here's a guy that uh, four years of experience uh, out of Texas A&M. Now, you he- might say going into his, his fourth year, but he's a guy that made plays in-, in the postseason that I think Dennis Allen would trust. Right. He made hey. plays at Tampa.
1: He's, he's yeah. done it. It's not like, again, the difference being Lewis Kibb is a complete rookie.
0: Rookie, yeah. You know, Justin Evans is no, been he, there. he's a veteran. He, that's what I'm saying. Very he came similar. Into, he came
1: into a stacked defensive secondary room and, and made an impact.
0: Now, are, are you maybe surprised at this? Because I, I don't know. Uh, now, when the special team coach goes to bad for you, or your position coach, how can you contribute? Uh, like Daniel Sorensen. See, to me, I, I don't know, because you look at Sorensen, he's definitely a safety. Justin Evans, they put, and in, 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 you know, the media guy, whatever, they got like DB. So it's probably a safety. He could play maybe some corner. I just think there's more upside with Justin Evans than Daniel Sorensen, but I don't know about uh, – I'm not the special teams coach. Right. I don't know how can you trust him you know, from uh, everything, what you're asking him to do, because that's why Sorensen – that cat is smart. That's why he's lasted right. nine years, going into nine years out of BYU. And he played play with Honey Badger uh, right. with the got Chiefs. Got a ring. He's one of yeah. the
1: four Saints with a ring. And I'll say as we go to break, the cat's got 12 interceptions. Four of them
0: touchdowns. Whoa. Four of them touchdowns. Yeah, That's pretty they, impressive. They pick it on him. He's taking right. advantage of opportunity. And he got the fumble the other night. Yeah, All right. Got right. to step
1: aside. <laughs> it's the Saints Hour. Training competition. Mike Cost, Bobby Bear on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Yeah, I think he's way more comfortable right now um, than where he was. Uh, well, obviously at this time last year he wasn't even here. But um, yeah, I think he's. I think specifically, um, you know, he's done a really good job on the outside. Uh, there's there's been some real good competition at the corner position, and uh, he's a guy that we feel extremely confident that we can put in the game and 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 execute at a high level. Head coach Dennis Allen, welcome back to the Saints Hour, Mike Austin. Bobby A. Bear. He was speaking about Bradley Roby, and, and he talked about well, you know, at this time last year he wasn't even here. It was worse. So they trade for him, Bradley Roby, right. with the Texans. Yeah, he comes here, but there's no here, right? It's Ida. So he goes to Texas. He spends his first month and a week or so as a Saint, never once set stepping foot in New Orleans. But and you and I were talking in the break, and we we're setting up this, the soundbite, and that we just at the time. They didn't know about Paulson Adebo. Man, the guy hadn't played since November of nineteen. Yeah, so you he, didn't know he, he, he didn't play at Stanford. But we found out uh, pretty quick, though, because of COVID. <laughs> and then, uh, no, uh,
0: Paulson Adebo just had one bad game. I think he learned from, uh, and even even Lattimore got uh, like a days ago it was the Giants game in the dome. Uh, you know, when he gave up the D throw over the middle, then he kept fighting. He caused a fumble, but then he gave up and ended up recovering in the end zone. But uh, Paulson Adebo. The only thing I want him to do more is not only get passes defended, but actually intercept uh, the ball. Uh, th- th- if he does that, no, he'll end up, because the, the the players will acknowledge that, they're going to make vote him all pro instead of just a, a pro bowler. But looking at Bradley Roby, yeah, we brought in Bradley Roby because we didn't know Paulson Adebo was going to uh, be a legit starter amongst the best in the NFL. Now, he still has to do it in his second year, but what we've seen in training camp has been off the chart. But – now in the off season they decided to keep Bradley Roby, and pay him because they didn't want to be back in the same boat. So let's say Lattimore or Debo would get hurt, so you got somebody to put in there, somebody that you could trust uh, to get it done. And uh, and down it, the road, if yeah.
1: it, you hope it doesn't happen, but down the road, Alante Taylor.
0: Yeah, Alante Taylor. I, I think that they when they drafted him, that was uh, kind of looking into a crystal ball and figure out what what would come about uh, with C.D. Deuce, with Chauncey Garner and Johnson uh, and being too far apart uh, with a contract. And uh, that's why I, I say uh, look and see what Alante Taylor has contribution this season along with uh, Chauncey Gardner with the Eagles, and see what they both do because that's how that's how they're going to be judged, particularly those two guys and along with Bradley Roby, you know, playing in this slot. But, um, you know, when, when you're dealing with different personalities and um, – and, and different you know, players and coaches and their relationship. And this goes back to, uh, like, oh, you just treat all the t- players the same and you know how you control the team. This is even old school. And I said this earlier, uh, but now we're on the Saints hour. Like uh, Bill Parcells. You think Bill Parcells, uh, arguably one of the greatest coaches ever in that conversation, you think he treated Lawrence Taylor like the other players? Man. Hmm. <laughs> I ever told you that story, Hoss, that one time – because I know this because Gary Reasons, who played linebacker in all yep. the West Louisiana, was one of the inside linebackers, won two Super Bowls to the Giants. He said Lawrence Taylor would sometimes be at practice, and they had these tackling dummies. And, you know, the offense is going, so he's not running scout team. He's taking a nap during practice on the, on the dummy. So they had this young rookie linebacker said, man, why is not taking any reps or anything? And Bill Parcell looked at him. What, what are you talking about? When you can sack the quarterback like Lawrence Taylor, then you can do what you want. You barely on the team. Get your behind back out there. Right. So no, how you treat that was players. just
1: a veteran day off when they, they didn't have veteran yeah. days off back so, then. So <laughs>
0: when Dennis Allen says, "I think you have to treat everybody fairly," but I don't know that you have to treat everybody the same. Ultimately, our job is to get the best out of each individual player. So there's different ways that you have have to reach different guys. So, yeah, I mean, like uh, that's why I said, if you want to be a coach, be a psychology major and how you deal, how, to, how you motivate different players. Now, I, I thought Honey Badger, uh, Tyron Matthew, boy, this was well said because, you know, um, when you look at all the players, they come from north, south, east, west. They all come together, different backgrounds. Now they're teammates. And, um, you know, Tyron Matthew said, you know, he's got guys fighting their butt off or trying to make a team. I want to be a pro player. And uh, a Honey Badger says, sometimes our best isn't good enough, who's now gone into his 10th season. But like I will try to remind them, and he'll be like a, a counselor uh, to them, like I'll try to remind them. I've been on four teams. There's 31 other teams out there. All of them are looking. They all got the film. So you can't just get caught up in trying to make this roster. There's other rosters out there that I think a lot of these players could make and have an impact on. So that's why you got to realize you can't get discouraged if I don't make the Saints. You have to feel like all these other teams know about you. So that's why, you know, Honey Badger, as good as Honey Badger, he is in the NFL, think about that, Cardinals, Texans, Chiefs, Saints. So you got to put it in the right perspective and just be optimistic. And I know Tyree Matthews, that would be a good role model to spread that that knowledge uh, to these young players.
1: It is the Saints Hour, a special training camp edition here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network.
2: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites.
1: Well, welcome back to the Saints Hour. It is what we're calling a training camp edition. Technically, I guess, you know, still in training camp, so to speak, until they really get – they don't have the the practice squad. That begins tomorrow at noon. Uh, Practices this week have been much, much different. Uh, Later in the afternoon – uh, practice tomorrow close to 2 o'clock, and then Thursday, uh, at least as far as the media is allowed, is around noon. And then I imagine they'll give them some time off, let them have an end and come yeah. back next week, and it'll be a regular game week, and that will be, well, you know, we'll be at a training camp. then.
0: Yeah, if you're playing like Sunday to Sunday, uh, the routine usually is Tuesday's your day off. Right. Now let's say you play on a Sunday – uh, you come in Monday, you meet with the trainers and all, and you're gonna watch the film and break down uh, the game, and you all beat up, so you get in treatment. You go out there and stretch, or you know maybe you um, get a few striders in to loosen up. And then Tuesday is day off. The hard days of you playing Sunday to Sunday is a Wednesday and a Thursday, and then like on Friday would be kind of like a red zone. What you going to implement in the red zone, uh, offense, defense, and doing special teams work, and then Saturday, um, you might do a walkthrough. If you like, you're playing in Atlanta, you might do a walkthrough that Saturday morning. Uh, you know, you call different uh, kickoff coverage, kickoff return. You know, uh, who's out there, and then you might say, well, second team punt return, or, or just to make sure that you have the right amount of players in the field. Then you might get on a plane and you head uh, to Atlanta, but. Um, as far as, like, your hard days, really, and I guess they still do it the same way. Because uh, physically, I mean, it'd be more like game, game tempo would be uh, Wednesday to Thursday. And usually, even if you got beat up on Sunday, it's amazing when you're in shape and the younger you are, how you can wake up Monday morning and feel like you've been, in, like, in a bad car wreck. And then it's amazing how quickly, by Wednesday, you're ready to roll. Right. Uh, you know now, cause I can tell you, I played till I was thirty-seven. At the end of my career, it got to be where Friday. It was like I get beat up on Sunday. I wasn't ready to roll till that Friday, and then I'd be like, "Oh man, I'm getting ready to get go beat, get beat, beat up, up again, again on that Sunday." But, you know, this is a tough time, especially relationships between coaches and players. And now, uh, Coach Peyton was like this, like Coach Allen, uh, and and he said it's because it, he knows. Look, if you have a chance to make the NFL, uh, you're considered the best of the best. As you know, you go from, like, high school to college and now the pros. That uh, Coach Allen said, look, it's challenging, and there's the human element to it. You know, you develop relationships and everything, and at the end of the day, we got a great game, but we have a really tough business. And this is part of the tough business. Uh, this is the tough business part of it. He was saying that, you know, you having to let guys go. They could be young, they could be old, and then you have a conversation with them um, that stick around. We still have plans for you, but then those plans can change within less than 24 hours, and you're on a plane and you you're across the country. (laughs) You know, all of a sudden you're in Seattle and and, and stuff. So stuff like that happens. But no, it is hard because you do uh, develop relationships, players and coaches, and uh, that whole locker room setting. That's that's really usually when. In the business world, and you get fired or whatever, you kind of go about your business, and it's not as sentimental, I think, as maybe sports uh, between that player and coach.
1: One of the other things that I was interested in watching on Friday, and we had talked about Jameis Winston and the importance because of the the time off to kind of get hit, and Marcus May, the new safety, the guy they signed the day after Marcus Williams signed with Baltimore. Was coming up on a defensive play, and he kind of was going shooting at the guy's legs. Guy leaps guy over hur- him. Yeah, and, you know, the guy hurdled him. Right? Yeah. He hurdles yeah. him. So, and I was like, wow. So he comes back on like three of the next four plays, and just when they got to the goal line, he had, man, he just stuffed he his. He head had that in outstanding
0: there. minus two yards. Man, he read that really play impressive. in the backfield. No, that's what you need. Uh, we can need Marcus May to do that a bunch of times, Hoss. Right, but it was just kind
1: of like we had you don't you don't get he to see that stuff in, in right. practice, right? So when he when he when he got you know hurtled, man, he he was right back in that that thick of yeah. It. You
0: can't get discouraged. Right. I, listen, you can't get I got humiliated. I was a little too low because, like you said, they're not tackling in uh, practice. They might thud and hit one another, but no, you got to respond. And um, hey, we play tackle football. It's not like, oh, I, I would have had him sacked, or oh, I, I would have tackled him there. No, you actually got to get him down on the ground, uh, the games because in practice, you know, they're not taking anybody to the ground because they got so much money invested in these players. They want to keep them uh, healthy. Uh, but, no, we need mark I tell you what, if our defense is going to be where we want it to be, you know, it all works in hand in hand. What you look at the, uh, the front seven or, let's say, the D-line, the linebackers in the secondary, and we've been talking so highly about secondary, but to get where we are amongst the best, and, and, and if we're not the best, we're going to need, uh, at least on this level, we're going to need Marcus May and Tyron Matthew to play at Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins' level or even better. Because that, 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 that's where we're at. And um, listen, uh, if you look at last year where we accomplished defensively, and I always say, uh, can we build upon that? And that you look, last year, uh we were in the top five in both scoring and total defense. Hoss, do you know that was only the fifth time in franchise history that we, now it's over fifty years. All right. So I'm read that again. The top five in both scoring defense. Remember scoring defense. So you're preaching and total to the part on that one. Only five times in franchise history. Uh look, last year we ranked fourth in scoring defense and second in total. Uh well, I think we gotta do the same. Right. Now, you want to be better, but to me, we've got to do at least the you same keep, You
1: keep it under 20 points like you did last year. Your you, offense, do the rest. No,
0: yes, then you should win, you should uh, win. Uh, double digits. Shame right. on you if you don't. All right, got to step aside.
1: It is the Saints Sour training competition. Mike Austin, Bobby, A. Bear on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Sour. In our final six or seven minutes or so, we began the show, not surprisingly, with C.D. Deuce. Chauncey Gardner Johnson's trade will kind of end it the same way because there are a lot of people out there, whatever you know, talking about Saints got taken, Saints didn't get enough. I mean, it's just impossible to to look at because if he plays this season, he's still going to be in the same boat. At the end of this season, he's going to want top corner money or top safety money. They're going to be eons apart, and he's going to walk as a you know as a free agent. And so nobody, I don't think you know. I'm looking right now. I mean, there's an article. Talk about the Saints knew they had to trade him. Says so either now or or, or when.
0: Well, uh, now I think the Eagles, in theory, they might go in between. You know how the Saints were four million dollars apart. Let's say you know nine nine and a half million to thirteen million. They they're four million apart. Well, if he does well with the Eagles, I could see them. Um, Maybe paying them uh 11 million. You know the Saints wanted to give him 9 million and give him 11 million and, and compromise there because you know talking with his people and all that. The bottom line is I th- I think why the Houdet Nation and football fans or Saints fans in general embrace, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Cause he truly seemed like football was was his life. What, I mean, anything else. Like, you talk to Chauncey Garner, no matter what he said, man, you could be getting in a fight or or, 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 or doing whatever, uh, just everyday activities, and he'd say, man, it's all about football. It's all about football. Ain't nothing else. Now, that could be good or, or bad. Nothing would put past me, Chauncey Garner. I mean, I think he's an outlaw in a football uniform, but he was our outlaw. You know, he he was the guy he wanted outside. Now, when he's going to be on the opponent's team, he might try and bait us. You know, you don't think he's going to quit talking smack. He's not going to quit talking smack.
1: I don't mind. That that never bothered me. What bothered me was his kind of early in his career's reckless play. So in 2019, as a rookie, he has nine total flags, tied for seventh most in the NFL, and it's the unnecessary roughness, roughing the kicker. And then in 2020, he had 10 total flags, and again, it's four unnecessary roughness, right. one unsportsmanlike conduct, but then finally it felt like in 2021 he kind of became, you know, he didn't need to do all that stuff. Well, he still would
0: bade the Yeah, but he, but
1: he only had five total flags. Right. One was declined, one was offset. So three alt flags, but again... One was an unnecessary roughness. So in his career, he had six unnecessary roughness calls, one roughing the kicker, one unsportsmanlike conduct. It wasn't the jawing to me. It was kind of the silly penalties, but I felt like that he contained that in 2021. Well, uh, and we were about to see more of the same.
0: Well, uh, Sean Payton, Sean Payton loved that. I can tell you right now, I'm not saying Dennis Allen uh, doesn't like it, uh, but uh, Sean Payton really liked that. Now, because there's that swaggered intimidation factor, but I think from an organization standpoint, like Mickey Loomis, man, you got to watch who you guarantee money to. You would love to guarantee money to a type player that has Sam Mills' personality on and off the field, but with Chauncey Gardner, nothing would surprise uh, me about if I'd hear about something him in the news, on or off the field. I think with Mickey Loomis an the organization, because it does matter who you guarantee money to. They didn't want another Junior Gallet situation where you're paying him all this money and he's out of control. Uh, now, they will not never admit that, but but I'm going to tell you because I know how management deals with players. You want everybody to be upstanding citizen on the field and off the field. And Chauncey Garner, I know he's in, Like he didn't get maybe in trouble like when Lattimore happened with the gun incident and all that. But I'm just saying the potential's there. And then you look at Junior Gallet. Them paying them all that money and all of a sudden it changed them it could change anyone you know all of a sudden if you got this guaranteed money coming to it could change a lot of young people's personality even old people uh, I mean so that I mean you got to weigh who you paying because you can't pay everybody you all oh, just give everybody pay now, because the saints have to make, the saints have to be uh, make decisions in the future that who they're going to pay. You know, you can just talk about uh, uh, McCoy. We can go through all the different guys going to be uh, coming up, like Davenport. Now, Davenport—if Davenport kicks butt—I mean, uh, the Saints don't pay him. Somebody's going to pay him, oh, okay. like with Trey Henderson getting paid by the Bengals. We will
1: see. We're going to find out a lot more. It's January first, Saints at Philadelphia. But that's. Next year. Yeah. This right. year. <laughs> it's the Falcons on September eleventh. Thanks everybody for listening tonight. We appreciate it. Bobby Aber, Mike Oss. Uh, the Saints Hour. Oh. Uh, Training Camp
0: almost, Bobby, on the community coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Do you think? All right, Bon gens <laughs> Good night, people. Hoodai Go Saints. You could spend the
2: weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai